Assalamu alaikum rahmatullah. This is Rami Kawas, the Executive Director of Oak Tree Institute. I wanted to invite our podcast listeners to the Servant Leaders Facebook group, an exclusive group we made for community leaders and organizers across the country, where they can get value from personal development for their own well-being to tips and strategies on how to better improve their organizational skills and take their organizations to the next level. This series that you're listening to now will be a part of the many things that we're doing in that group. You can find the link to join the group in the show notes. I can't wait to see you inside the group. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back, brothers and sisters, to Managing Yourself in Ramadan Under Balanced Leadership. Uh, I hope there was a benefit for you in this when we did it last, uh, last week. Um, I see there was some interaction, a little bit of interaction on the, on the Facebook post that we had, but uh, we'd like to ask you a little bit more uh, in uh, what's going on and how do you feel uh, that this was for you. So I'm going to wait a little while to get more people involved here, but uh, I'm going to get started with what we have right now, and then maybe we can uh, get a um, uh, little bit more discussion going in, in a second here. So what I wanted to share with you is, of course, we talked a little bit about uh, what, uh, who this was for last, last time when we talked about our time management. And um, one of the things I talked to you about was uh, blocking your time. And uh, we had some comments about this last time in terms of, uh, you know, um, uh, saving trips to the store and, and other things that people were trying to do. And I just wanted to see if I can get some feedback on you. What kind of time blocking did you do? What kind would you actually go through your schedule? Did you go ahead and decide that certain times I'm going to need to block for particular events or something like, for instance, uh, reading Quran or like taking a walk every day or, or what did you do? Did you do anything that was uh, new to you uh, by blocking your time? It is, it's important actually to go through that and think about that and put the effort in that thought because it does, it does make a big difference when, uh, when we do block our time because if, we, if you look at anybody who is doing very well in different aspects of their lives, one of the most important things is they have a calendar that actually puts in the time of the things that are important to them to get done. And right now with the, with the shelter in place, doing this blocking of the time becomes even more important because the day passes so quickly and we forget and we get too tired at the end of the day because, you know, your end of the fast and your Ravan is you're breaking down a little bit and you need, you need some sleep or rest and you forgot other things that could have been done. So what can you, what can you put together and blocking your time and blocking your time uh, to be able to do things, I think it becomes really, really, really important. So we'll, we'll catch a little bit of comments from you towards the end here when we come with this. But let's talk about today. So today we want to talk about our habits. And there's a hadith for the Prophet ﷺ. He says, That the best of deeds, the, 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 deeds, the deeds most beloved to Allah, are the ones that are more, the most persistent, even if they are small, even if it's a small deed. So that, that should allow us to come back and reflect on what this means to us is if, if we are really thinking about our deeds, um, even a small deed that we do rep- repetitiously, it starts becoming a habit for us. And then we keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And then it starts building up a lot of 
beneficial um, deeds for us and beneficial rewards for us. This is in for the day of judgment. But the fact that Allah, that the Prophet ﷺ has told us this and reflected with us on this is telling us this is our nature. That our nature is if we work with our deeds uh, as much as possible on a regular basis, that there is a habit that builds up and therefore you get a, a, a big push from that. Uh, the, there is many books about the power of habit and the and uh, setting up uh, exponential growth in your in your path. Most of it really depends on the fact that you put a habit together and move it forward, even in a very small amount, because after a while it grows. The power of it grows exponentially. Uh, there's a saying uh, I'd like to share with you. We are repeatedly what we are, what we do repeatedly. We are what we do repeatedly. Excellence in everything that we do excellence then is not an act but it's a habit it is something that you're engaged in on a regular basis that makes a difference in your life and makes you grow and makes something big big from that so there is a, there is an element here of that you have to be repeating something enough times for it to become a habit for you and for it to grow so just just think of things in your life that you do that you do, you've done from a younger age and you've done on a regular basis and how they reflect on your life today they probably are much bigger today in your life and gives give you a lot more benefit in your life so uh, just just keep that in mind as we uh, follow up with some of this uh, story here that i would like to share with you so what is it in your life that you want to excel at or do better at uh, or uh, you know, especially especially when it comes to Ramadan, subhanAllah, Allah always uh, takes us out of our normal habits in Ramadan for us to set up new habits, right? He gives us, you know, don't eat in the daytime uh, and conserve your energy. Break your fast. Don't overdo it. Don't eat too much because you're going to be praying at night. That's what you're doing. The nights in Ramadan are the important thing, not the fasting in the day. Fasting in the day is just the training that puts us through the red to be ready to do the prayers at night. And it's really the, the taqwa and the prayers at night that we do that really is, is what counts. And when you talk to any of the, um, anybody who counsels people about habits and, and breaking habits, what you find is it's a 21 day cycle, usually 21 day cycle to a 30 day cycle in which once you place that habit into, into production within 21 days, it starts becoming part of you. So we, again, it's, it's Ramadan gives us that benefit of uh, breaking old habits and coming into new habits. And the best of that is if we can come into new habits and maintain the new habits as we get out of Ramadan. A thought for you. How many thoughts do you have a day? Just to show you how this works, right? How many thoughts do you have a day? Uh, the, the calculations they make and they talk about is between 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day. So just imagine you get out of bed, you say, okay, today I have to, um, I have to go prepare breakfast because my wife is sleeping. Uh, let me go prepare breakfast. Oh, but I need to uh, use the restroom first and prepare breakfast. What am I going to prepare? Oh, I, I know how I need to put the pot, uh, coffee pot on. I need to uh, uh, boil the eggs. I need to, and these are little thoughts that you do. And because you know how to do them, there's so many of them during the day and they're automatic. You don't think about them. They just happen and they just go through you. Some of them are so natural, it's no problem, right? It's, it's okay to do. So how many do you repeat every day? So, you know, based, you know, 
just roughly saying 12,000 12, uh, 12, to 60,000 a day, uh, of course, there's no way to actually count these exactly, but something like that. How many of these do you repeat every day? And they tell you it can be up to 98% of them are repetitious every day. You actually live your life in a habit. Constantly, they do the same thing every day, every day, every day, every day. And part of the anxiety we feel with the COVID stay-at-home uh, orders is the fact that we are not doing what we normally do. We, we've broken out of our habit of going to work you know, getting up and getting dressed every morning and going to work in the particular way or getting a stop by Starbucks at a particular time of the day where we get our coffee and so on. All these are broken for us and we have to set up new habits. So COVID actually gets us out of this 98% of our repetition every day. And actually that's a good thing, not a bad thing, because growth happens in the areas where we are not habitual. Where we are habitual, we're not growing, right? You, for instance, um, if you are not, if you're going out for a walk every day, you develop a good, uh, uh, good breathing rate, your heart rate, uh, you know, jumps up a little bit, then it slows down. And the more you walk every day, the, 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 your heart finds a nice st stable uh, at a good clip when you walk. But if you want to build up your heart, what you want to do is go out for a run. And you can't go out for a run all at one time. So you do programs like C to 5K. So you can start building and developing the habit. And when you do that, your heart rate jumps up very much in the beginning. And then slowly, as you get used to the jogging, your heart rate starts dropping again. You start becoming more normal and natural. So your, your growth is where you go outside your habit. But you can have good habits that assist your growth. And you can have bad habits that become detrimental to you. So for some people, how many of these thoughts can be negative? For some people, up to 80% can be negative. And that is when people have self-doubt in themselves, when they don't, they're not sure of themselves all the time, when they, when they, when they feel that they cannot uh, be a, the best person they are or they don't believe they're the, the great person. And so this starts eating at them and making them feel uncomfortable, uh, 80%. So I want to show you how habits are powerful. I want to relate to you a medical story, a story based on medicine and, and, and uh, information, and it's called the story of Eugene. And the story of Eugene is a very interesting story because Eugene was in his, um, I believe he was in his, his, his late 50s when he suffered um, a tumor on his brain. And so the doctors went in and uh, operated on him and fixed and took the tumor out. But it was, too, it was too close to certain parts of his brain that the doctors were not sure whether Eugene would recover correctly or not. They said he, he'll, his body will be okay, but we're not sure how his, his, his mental faculty will be. And so um, he, got out of, he got out of the operation and he was, he was aware of himself and aware of his wife and, and engaged with her and everything. And, uh, and it, was, it was okay, it was okay. And then before he left the hospital, uh, the doctor said to his wife that we're going to send somebody from, um, uh, you know, somebody to help take care of, to help to tell you how to handle him because he seems to be a little off. We're not sure exactly what's going on. So the gentler, so he went home with his wife and they settled in. And, and the next day, a person came in to knock on their door, a social worker came knock on the door, and he put down a computer in front of the, on the dining room table before he started taking, talking to, to the family. And immediately he did this, 
Eugene said, wow, this is a nice computer. It's very interesting. You know, in my old, in the old days, these computers used to be very big and used to be take a big room and used to work with that as a big room. And, and the man said, yeah, yeah, they've come, come a long way and, and so on. They talked a little bit, chatted a little bit like this. And then he said, uh, and then he felt he had to go to the restroom. So he excused himself, went to the restroom and came back and sat down and looked at the computer and then said the exact same conversation again about the computer, right? The computer, look at the computers in the old days, it was that. And it became immediately evident that Eugene could not form short-term memories. He, couldn't, he remembered his, his, his history. He could not form uh, short-term memories. And things ha- started going this way. And, and, you know, and so the doctor, the, the, you know, immediately the guy saw this. He, said, he told him, Eugene, you just went to the restroom. Can you tell me where the restroom is? And the guy says, I, I don't know. It's here in the house. I, I don't know. And he told him, you know, can you, can you show me? He could, not, he could not show him. And so what became very evident was Eugene had suffered severely from a lack of being able to form short-term memories in, in whatsoever. So, so they told his wife, the only thing you can really do now is is find the TV shows that he likes, put him in front of the TV, let him enjoy the shows, uh, make sure that he has the food that he needs, take him out for walks every once in a while, and just be with him that way. So she would put him in front of the TV, and Eugene would sit in front of the TV, and she would put a show on that he would like, and he would laugh like crazy at the show and really enjoy it. And when the show was over, uh, next day, he would play the same show again, the same episode again. And he would laugh at it like he never saw it before. And it, was, it just was continuous that way all the time. Eugene uh, was good enough to be able to come and fix, down and fix his breakfast. He would come down in the morning and, you know, he knew where things are. He'd, he'd pull out the eggs, he'd pull this, and he'd fix the breakfast. And then sometimes if he felt a little tired, he may end up just walking upstairs and going to sleep. And as soon as he'd wake up again, he'd come down and start fixing breakfast again. He didn't remember that he had breakfast before. And it was very, very interesting situation for him because his wife was constantly wondering, how do, how do I tell him anything? Because he doesn't remember anything. And he's, it, it was like a conversation she was having with him over and over and over and over again. And so she obeyed what the doctors were saying. And so she took him out for walks every day and she would go for a walk and with him. And, you know, at a certain time of the day, 12 o'clock or whatever the time was, she would take him out for a walk around the neighborhood and come back and she would put him down. And, uh, and that would happen every day. And then one day she got busy in the kitchen a little bit and Eugene said, uh, and then she said, you know, Eugene, just give me a minute. I'll go for the walk with you in a while. And Eugene just didn't say anything. And she got too busy and she got really busy with what she was doing. And half an hour later, she walks, she goes around to see Eugene and, she can't find him in the house. She goes up all around the house. She can't find him. She got really, really nervous. And, and what am I going to do? What's going to happen? And she got really in a panic. She, she put something on and she ran outside and she started looking up and down the street. Where am I going to go? How, where did he, what happened? And she sees him coming back, walking down the street to the house from the direction that she would come, where they would come from the walk. And she took him in and he, she put him in the house. And then she told the doctor what happened. So it looked like even though Eugene was not conscious of being able to form memories in any way, he was actually forming a habit. 
and he did form a habit of the walk every single day. And so that becomes very, very interesting for us, right? Because what does that tell you? It tells you that our habits are so subconscious. We don't really, we're not aware of the things that we do. A friend of ours may see us and say that you're in this habit, you're doing this habit or that habit, but we are not aware of the habit that we're in. And this story of Eugene actually you know, touches me very much because it's, it's, it, it just tells you that, that Allah has put in us the ability to form these habits for good or for bad. And it's up to us to choose the good habits. Because once we get them ingrained in ourselves, like Eugene, who was not aware that he was in this habit, that it becomes useful for us. It becomes useful for us. There's a gentleman that has a book called the Darren, uh, his name is Darren Hardy. He has a book called The Compound Effects. And he talks specifically about having certain good habits during your day and building your day about the, around these good habits. And because you do that, your, <clears throat> your habits increase. And because as they increase, as you stay in these habits all day to day to day to day, you start becoming doing, thing, doing them naturally. And because you do them naturally, they multiply in power in what you can do. And that's a really powerful thing to know. That's a really powerful thing to understand. So this is a story of Eugene. So let's, let's talk about how, what a habit is and how it's formed. So there's certain components to the habit. The first part of the com first component is <clears throat> there's a reminder of some sort. There's some trigger. There's some reminder that gets you to start the habit, to start something, right? So that's the first thing is the reminder. The next thing that comes is a routine, a particular routine that you do, whatever that routine is, that is form the, the habit itself, the thing that you do itself. And the routine, it becomes important to you because at the end of the routine, there is a reward in which once the routine is over, there is a reward that came out of it. So you can think of this as, you know, uh, uh, that, that every habit there is because of the routine that it goes through, there is a reward that comes out of the end. And that's, the that's what I'm looking for. That's what the person is looking for. What is that reward? What is the thing that I need to be looking at? So, so for instance, for us, when we remember that there's a night, Laylatul Qadr in Ramadan, that it's within the last 10 days, it's in the odd nights of the 10 days, that, that reminder in and of itself puts us in the routine of doing tahajjud in the last 10 days of Ramadan because we want to catch that reward of that night. Even though that's a very difficult thing to do, very hard for us to do to get up you know, and, and, have, and have very little time to sleep, we want to do this because the, Allah gives us that reminder that this Laylatul Qadr is there and we're going to go through that routine of doing tahajjud because we want to get the reward. So that's something that's really uh, powerful that we can think about, right? Now, the important thing, though, about the reminder routine reward is in, because the, the Laylatul Qadr is only once a year and the last 10 nights of Ramadan are only once a year, this kind of a habit is a habit that needs a constant reminder because we don't, we don't do this every single night. We don't do this all year long. It's hard to, for us to do this. Some people do, but it's not something that people can do. Not most people do every all the time. So this routine, remind, uh, reminder routine reward is the cycle for this. But consider, for instance, 
um, you open the refrigerator and you want, you were going to make some salad for dinner and you're out of tomatoes, right? Oh, I'm out of tomatoes. I need to go to the store without thinking. You pick up your keys, you get in the car, you drive to the store. You don't even remember. You don't even have to remember where the store is. You drive there automatically. You know where the store is right away. You go pick up the, 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 uh, the tomatoes and you come back and make the salad. <clears throat> the reward of course is having the salad done because I want to have that salad tonight. So what you find is that routine is so automatic. It, it's not, you don't even think about it. And it's, it's not a problem at this level when you're doing something like, you know, preparing dinner or something, but it starts becoming a problem or a, an advantage when, when it becomes automatic, but you're not aware of it. So for instance, um, we're in Ramadan, there's a lot of sweets around, right? There's baklava, there's uh, kunafa, there's uh, tamr with, uh, with nuts in it, right? And, and, uh, and I'm sure you go to any uh, Middle Eastern store, you'll get halawiyat, they're just awesome. And you start eating them, right, in Ramadan after iftar, and they're so delicious, you keep popping them in your mouth. You like the reward, they're in front of you, you go through the routine without thinking. And then you get out of Ramadan and say, how could I have ever gained weight in Ramadan? I'm eating less, how do I gain weight? But because you're eating these sweets, it happens very quickly, right? So there is an element here of after a while, there's an anticipation and a craving. There's an anticipation and a craving. And so when, when the anticipation happens, you go through the reward, you go through the routine right away. And so it starts becoming, there's a reminder and I want to get the reward immediately. So I go through the routine, whatever the routine is. And if it is something that you really like, then it will happen naturally and automatically. If it's something that you really hate, that let's say smoking, right? You're in a habit of smoking. Uh, certain elements, certain elements in your life will remind you to smoke, like a certain uh, a discussion that you may have had, a person that may have bothered you or something like that, right? So, so immediately it says, I, I'm in tension right now. I'm going to release my tension. A cigarette will help me do that. That's a negative reward. That's a, that's a, that's a, sorry, that's a, that's a negative habit that you're going through, this negative routine that you're going through. But the reward is the relaxation that you get at the end. So what kinds of reminders are there? What kind of reminders are there? There's there many, many different kinds of reminders. There is location, a place that can remind you. There is a time of the day that can remind you. There is an event, an emotional, an emotional event that happens to you that can remind you. There is a person that you may deal or work with that can remind you. So there's many different ways to get reminded of something to get going. The question is, once I'm recognized that I have a bad habit, how do I get away from that reminder? Or how do I neutralize that reminder? If it's a good habit I'm trying to put together, what is the reminder that I can start with? For instance, if I want to start jogging every day, or if I want to start going out for a walk every day, a good reminder would be to put my sneakers right under my bed. So that I get up in the morning, I put them on, and I go out for my walk, right? 
or or put them in a prominent place so that you, you you know you can't or put them in the middle of the kitchen so you're going to into the kitchen oh there's my sneakers i have to go for my walk so you put your sneakers on you go right um so so there's certain reminders you can put in place and there's other times you want to the reminder is unavoidable right this it happens it's unavoidable so what can i replace the routine with what kind of new routine can i put in place what do i put in place of it so i don't get the same problem the reminder if it's a if it's a reminder that puts me in a bad routine what is the reward i'm seeking at the end can i get a re different routine to give me the same reward okay or can i avoid the reminder completely maybe <clears throat> the reminder is a place you can that you can avoid that place completely so so there, there is this this element of this um so, so, you know, and not to be kind of a little bit ridiculous, but if you remember the story of Pavlov dogs, right? Pavlov's dog, remember what he did was he'd, he'd, he'd ring a bell and then he'd feed the dog. He'd ring a bell and then he'd feed the dog. He'd ring a bell and then feed the dog. And so then he would ring a bell and hold the food. What happens is the dog would start salivating because it's anticipating. There's an anticipation, a craving. I heard the bell, that means food is coming. And there's a lots of other examples I can give you like this. And there's many historical examples in wars and other places I can give you to, to discuss this. But that's basically what I really wanted to share with you is what can you do in Ramadan during this COVID-19 situation to put in place good habits for yourself? The time blocking that we talked about last time is part of this, is if you put the time blocking in there that will be one of your reminders that I need to do this X, Y, or Z habit, whether it's going out for a walk, whether it's preparing uh, a salad for dinner so that we don't overdo the, the rice and the, and the, you know, the heavier parts of the dinner, um, uh, whether it is I need time to read Quran, whether it is I need time to spend with my children, whatever the habit is that you need to put in place, what reminder can you put in there so you can go through that routine? And you will get a big reward at the end because you know you, you'll you'll feel good about yourself that you've done something that you wanted to do or or something like that right so what can we put in place what thoughts would you have to put in place let me open it up now and let's get some discussion going here and some thoughts from anybody whether on zoom or in the facebook group i cannot see the facebook uh, so you have to monitor it from your army please yes i will I'm, I'm monitoring yeah so any thoughts on this any comments or addition uh, or things we can uh, we can think about uh, routines that we can put in place or uh, habits that we can put in place for ourselves and remember the hadith of the prophet that the best of them are the smallest uh, are the most continuous even if they're the smallest but i i want to add uh, a, a, just a beautiful you know a beautiful reminder that i think the the reflection that comes to my mind is uh what you mentioned about the automated habits and how growth happens, I guess, when we're more intentional. And this cycle, I think, is really important, but it's interesting that not just the COVID situation, but the Ramadan and fasting, and that, that also allows us to be a little bit more intentional about some of these habits. And um, I, I, I'd love to hear what, what, how people have been a little bit more intentional, but it, it kind of gets you out of that routine, which is a really good thing. And I, I appreciate you sharing that and reminding us with that. Yeah, the, the actual the actual intentionality uh, is where the growth is, right? Because there there's difficulty in starting a habit, obviously, right? Because I I I'm, I've, I have the habit of doing something else, 
So there's a difficulty in starting a habit, but the intentionality of you starting the habit is what breaks other routines that are not so good and uh, is where the growth is, right? Is where you can push yourself into growth. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, last week, I'm also part of the Oakley Institute of Samadan Transformation Program. And our homework was to make a schedule. And in that schedule, finally, this time, I put like everything in blocks in the way that, okay, this time, this time I'm going to do this, I read, I study. And what I will do, I will stop, like, okay, if I'm working, and even if I have to work more, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to stop, and I'm going to yeah, go read. And if I'm watching something, I got a TV show, after, like, second episode, I would just, like, turn my, off my laptop. And it's been three to four days that I've been following that schedule, and I already feel really good and productive. And mm-hmm. inshallah, inshallah, like, if after this Ramadan, I'm going to try to have that so I put that uh, calendar and all the schedule in Google Calendar. So I get reminders on my phone um, mm-hmm. that, okay, this time is going to be up and soon. And then I have to do that activity. So Alhamdulillah, it has been great. And I also started Power of Habit book. So I just finished the Eugene's story that you shared. And yes. it's a really great book. <laughs> yes, it is a great book. And that, that story really is, is very moving, isn't it? It is. You never yeah. know like how things work and like you, can yes. be intentional and still be doing stuff. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so, so, and there's a lot of studies like this. I mean, it's not, it's not just Eugene's story. There's a lot of other things like this that we see. And, and, and people who are in, 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 in bad habits, right? Um, there's, there, it's, all, it's all this cycle. And th- by the way, this cycle you'll find in the book. You'll explain this very much in the book. But this cycle, you know, um, is there all during all our lives, right? I mean, we, we, we teach our children this way, right? We give them reminders and we give them routines and we give them rewards at the end to get them to start doing the right things that we want. That's how we are. And Allah gives us a lot of these reminders and routines and rewards in the Quran, right? Do this and you get this, do this and you get this, right? Uh, Allah prefers those who strive more than those who sit and there's good in both of them, right? So, so there is a lot of, of reminders and pushes to do routines in the Quran and in the Sunnah that will give us a big reward. The problem here with the rewards that Allah promises us is these are in the Akhirah, and we and they're not tangible for us right now. And we just have to trust that He will give us this. We just have to trust that He will give us this. How would you? I guess maybe one uh, question that would come up. How would you? Uh, I guess how would you try to break? any of these patterns, particularly for a bad habit. So these are obviously for good habits and bad habits. Um, uh, how would you try to break this routine if it's a bad habit that you're trying to change? So the, 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 first, the first element would be to recognize, to be intentional about and, and understanding yourself. And this, this is something a personal reflection has to be done. It can't, you know, somebody in your family may be able to help you a little bit, but you need to, it needs to come from you first, right? So you need to recognize that you're in a bad, you're in a bad routine that causes you something detrimental. So what, you're going to look for what the reward is, understand what the reward is. Why am, I, why am I doing this? There's a reward at the end. And what is the reminder and the trigger that pushes me into that, so, into that situation? So once you, and you can sit down and write this out, right? What is the reminder that does? What is the bad routine that I do? What is the reward that I get? There must be something good that you're getting at the end to make that reward, to make that routine usable. Now, once I understand this, I need to go to the reminder and say, how do I avoid that reminder? 
right? And maybe what you can do is have a member of your family help you with that or a good friend of yours help you with that. How do I avoid a particular reminder? The, and again, I, the reminder could be a time, it could be a place, it could be an emotional feeling, it could be a person, right? Or it could be some sort of uh, um, uh, event of some sort, but usually these are, these are the four key ones, right? So if, though, if that's what the reminder is, can you avoid the reminder? And usually if you avoid the reminder, you will be able to break the routine. You'll be able to stop the routine. Uh, but it can come back very quickly, right? If the reminder comes again, it can come back very quickly. The other, the other way to do this is to replace the routine, to be very intentional about replacing the routine. So as an example, is the is if you're in a if you're in an office and there's a cafeteria in the office with a food with a vending machine with a lot of candy in it and around 10 o'clock every day you break you take a break uh, to to uh, from your work and you walk to the to the candy machine and you, that's your break you put in uh, the money you get the candy and you eat it and the reward here for you may be that you're just breaking, you're just taking a break, right? And you just want to do something different. So once you're aware that the reminder is the time is I need to take a break, instead of going to the machine, because now you're eating a lot of candy and now things are not so well with your digestion or whatever. So then it could be, okay, so I need to take a break. The, the building that, that, is, that I'm in is a very short, you know, not so, not so big. So the, the, let me change the routine to a walk instead of the candy. And that's how you would do it. If that reminder is going to be there all the time, that's how you would do it. You say, okay, I'm going to replace this routine with something else. And you seek the same reward. You seek the reward of, you know, it's a, it's a break. I need to clear my head. I need to, and so on. So you do the same thing that way. So th th that's what you would be doing. Uh, sometimes if it's really difficult, then you may need somebody else to help with you. By the way, amazingly and interestingly, People may think that habits, once you're in a drug habit, for instance, or a, a nicotine habit, that now the body kicks in and, you know, it's a, it's a chemical habit. That you can, It's very difficult because it's a chemical habit. But the reality that they found is, in many cases, is that it's a reminder. And if you break the reminder, you can actually break the chemical habit very quickly, much, much faster than if you're trying to break it just through other, other medications and other things like that. So, so the mind has a power to overcome this. The mind has the power to overcome this. And it's just that you need an assistance with somebody else to help you, but, or the, term, the, the internal determination that this is, gonna, this, this is gonna change. And people have stopped, stopped smoking cold turkey without, without chemicals, without anything else because there was a strong enough reward for them to stop it and, and the routine was detrimental for them. So they stopped it and they said, I'm going to stop it and they do it. And, uh, and once they get away from the reminder, the stop is effective. It happens. Uh, in also some chemical dependencies like heroin and other things like this, some of them can be stopped. There's a story I, I tell also, but I'll leave it for another time. That is that shows that that is the case that that it um, that even even drug habits can be stopped very quickly once you avoid the reminder and are intentional in building other routines. So, what are you going to set up for habits for this Ramadan?
that you can carry off outside of Ramadan, into, especially as, as servant leaders, to take care of yourself and take care of your family and take care of the people that you're supposed to take care of. What new habits are you going to set in place for yourself? And be honest with yourself. What old habits do you need to get rid of that they're not serving you any longer? By the way, some habits can be there because they served a purpose at some point in time and they don't serve a purpose anymore. So you may want to uh, look at that too. But you know, carefully look at the reminders, what they mean to you, what they are, and see if something can, can be done about that. Um, so it's easy to build a habit that are like time wasting, like let's say like just watching TV or being on social media or maybe spending, like not staying home or spending time with friends. But when it comes to habits, like if I want to replace them with reading books, uh, it's hard to take on those habits and it's so quick to like let go of those habits because you have to have that constant motivation. And I'm not yes. sure if I, it never became the habit for me to like read more, I like to be more focused when I'm working, uh, not try to multitask and um, get stuff done and be productive. But it's always like, I have, I struggle with that. Like I have to keep going back and find the motivation and when the motivation is not there, it's just a like dull days, like two weeks, three weeks. And then me trying to be like, not feeling good about myself that I didn't do good and right. trying to get back on schedule. So back to the hadith, adwa uh, in qal. okay? The, the most, the most prolific, prolific of them, uh, even if they are very small. So do the following. Put a time aside for reading for 15 minutes only and pick a book that you're very interested in. For instance, you seem to like The Power of Habit. Take that book and read it. Just 15 minutes only. So put a timer. When the 15 minutes is up, put the book down, okay? And then do it for seven days in a row. Don't break it for seven days in a row. And if you break it, do it again for seven days in a row, okay? Do it for a very short time. The commitment is very easy for a very short time. And then once you start doing it like this, then in two weeks, exchange, uh, open up the time to, to uh, 30 minutes and then and then maybe an hour, right? But if you, if you start doing that, what you will notice is that you can actually form the habit and start with books that you're interested, that you're interested in, right? Not, not books that are really hard to read or, or subjects that you're not interested in, but things that, that will make you interested. And start with a very small commitment of time. If 15 minutes is too much, do five minutes, right? And just ser seriously, put the timer on your phone, five minutes only. As soon as five minutes is up, I'm gonna put it away but do it every day for seven days, okay? And if, you, if you, and if you drop it for any reason, if for any reason you can't do it, then do, and, and do it the next day and then continue seven days uh, together. The seven days seems to be a, a little bit of, a, of a, you know, a hurdle. Once people get over the seven days, then they can continue after that. Once you get to 21 days, you're kind of you're you're laying down the neural pathways that are that are strong enough for you to continue the habit after this. So that's that's how you would do this, right? That's how you would you would uh, you would make it work. Uh, for instance, I just want to give you an example. Um, I be, I used to walk uh, about six seven years ago. I used to walk about six to seven miles a day, and I used to do it lunch hour at work right? 
the area around where I was was really nice to walk and I get out and I do it every day, every day, every day. And I was racking up those miles constantly all the time, every day. I was feeling really good <clears throat> with that. And it continued for a very, very long time. And then when I went into business for myself, my whole schedule and routine completely changed. And it, I com almost completely dropped the walking. More recently, my wife and I decided that we're going to do it. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to join her and start doing it. And I actually ramped up very quickly, right? And it was like an hour and a half a day, get out there. Part of the day, we find the time to go and walk and we do it every day. And that was really, really good. When Ramadan came, again, the schedule shifted. And it, you know, each one of us had a different schedule. We couldn't really kind of put the schedule together. We, it quickly fell out of habit of doing it. But the urge to get out and walk is still there. It's very strong. And every time I'm sitting here with the window out front, with the sun right in front of me here, I am really, really aching to get out and walk. But I prefer to do it in Ramadan. I try doing it at the end of the day. I feel really low energy. So now I try to do half an hour in the morning, 15 minutes in the morning, but just get out there to do it because it is part of it. it I, as soon as I get out there, I feel re-energized, you know? Just your body walking, your legs moving back and forth. It triggers something in the head. It triggers something in the brain. Everything starts working correctly. And it feeds you in a very good way. So it is something It is something that you, you, you just need to build up first with small increments. And then you'll find that it works better. Next week, we will, uh, we will talk a little bit more about, um, uh, you know, a, a little bit more and how we can take care of ourselves and, and kind of take away the... the the crazy from our time and we'll cool the burnouts, right? Take away, take away the difficult, you know, when, when you burn out, what you do and how do you take care of that? And, uh, and the week after we'll talk about stress a little bit and hopefully that will help, uh, help us think about this very well. The whole point, by the way, is, is not, is not just, I mean, COVID kind of gives us an impetus to get to, to think about ourselves, you know, reevaluate re re ourselves and so on. Uh, Ramadan is another internal reflection time. And what we really want to do is come out of Ramadan uh, with more intentional uh, activities in what we do, how we serve our community and how we take care of ourselves so that we, we don't burn out as we go forward with serving our community. Jazakum khair for your time. Brother Rami, is there something you want to share? I think the only thing is that we'd love if people are watching this after Leave some of the comments in, in, the, in, the, in the thread. We'd love to hear from you. What's some habits that you have that you're trying to work on? What are some habits that you'd love uh, to come out of Ramadan with? I think that would be tremendously beneficial. I know both Barak and Shalwi, he'll, he'll definitely love to reflect and comment on some of those. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Okshi Institute podcast. Please remember to join our Facebook group called Servant Leaders. The link and information to join the group will be in the show notes. We'll see you there. Assalamu alaikum.